Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, the Blue Jays Way podcast, hosted by none other than Curtis Martin and Tyler Prosick. But today, I am not one of those two people. My name is Rob Vona. I've appeared on a lot of these episodes, probably far more than I'm deserving of, but nonetheless, here I am. Um, you know, as you can tell by the title of the video, we are back for another year of over-unders for the Blue Jays season. Curtis, Tyler, you're throwing up the heart emojis. How are we feeling about the over-unders? I mean, I, I'm the two-time defending champion. I'm 2-0 and right now, so I'm just waiting for an actual competition at this point. So looking to make it a 3 P. You know, looking to be like LeBron, or not LeBron, fuck, uh, Michael Jordan. You know, this is why I do a baseball podcast, not a basketball one. And uh, just looking forward to beating Tyler for a third year row and having make him have to do three uh, punishments, which he hasn't done any of the other two. So he has to actually get off his ass and let us record one of them. But yeah. I will never let myself not be optimistic. So, you know. I head into the year once again optimistic, once again prepared to lose with my optimism. But it's okay because smiles always win. There you go. Uh, we're going to trademark that now. Blue Jays way. Smiles always win. You know it. Yep. So for those of you that are a little bit new to our over-unders, essentially how it works is uh, we've reached out to a lot of the contributors at OTL and the Twitter community in general. Big thank you to everybody that responded with um, you know, their their input. Essentially how it works is we have 23 different lines here, all of which are based off of either a stat, um, if it's some type of like prop or basically anything that you can make a discretion to go over or under a certain number. So we have 23 of them lined up, like I mentioned, and I'll rattle through a bunch of them with mentioning who they are from. Um, and it is up to Curtis's and Tyler's discretion on whether or not they wish to go over or under the given stat at the end of the year we'll look back at it and see who has more points and see if curtis can defend the title yet again so i feel like you need to get a belt to this say, a belt yeah i feel like we need a belt like an actual belt like you know those ones you can buy where the they're WWE like custom belts. custom made yeah, yeah i'm gonna yeah, make we... one of those i feel like we need to put it in the we budget yeah we gotta up those budgets but We'll uh we'll have to talk to marketing about put that it one put it into that day. zero dollar budget real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, unless you guys have anything else to add, we can we'll begin. Let's get this party started. Let's get this party started. So, the first one or the first few, I should say, coming from none other than this guy Curtis Martin. You might have heard of him, might have not. Probably not. Um, probably not. The first one we have focusing on Bobachet. Um. For a little bit of context, Fangraphs projects Bo Bichette's war at 4.5. Our line here is set at 4.25. So do you guys think his war at the end of the season will go over or under 4.25? Who should start here, Curtis? Do you want to, you know what? Uh, You're a two-time champion. You get to take uh, the Sure, list. I guess I'll start on my own question. I'm actually hitting the under. I think that Fangraphs is... I think war is kind of a difficult stat and it, and sure, I think he'll get over four, but I think that like 
4.5 range that Fangrass has and that 4.25 range that I put right smack in the middle of that where I think he's going to be and where Fangrass thinks he's going to be is a, the perfect line. So I'm going to go just under that. I think he's going to be a four war player, which is still like if you are a four war player throughout your career, you're basically a Hall of Famer, in my opinion, or close to being a Hall of Famer. You're in the t- uh, higher echelon of MLB players. But personally, I just I don't think that he's going to get past that hump and become an above 4.5 or 4.25 in this case war player this season that doesn't mean he's not going to be good it's just the reality of that there's so many weapons on this team that the offense is going to get dispersed so not everyone's going to have the ability to be that standout player that war really looks at so in my opinion Bo's going to be a four war player you know just under the 4.25 that's why it's a great line set by me so i'm going to go with the under um holy macaroni um i think bob shed's gonna be unreal this year and i've been saying that for a little while um but at the end of the year when we when we do these calculations mr robert you have to make sure we use the fangrass projections because that's what we base it off of because baseball reference and fangrass has much different formulas for war so uh, that's just a note for the editor um over that's it that's all I have to say. Bobachet MVP taking the over through again. Oh yeah. The the optimism is just beaming off of Tyler. Hey. <laughs> A hey. first round exit is in his near future. Hopefully not, but anyway. So after you guys split the first one, our second one coming in from Curtis. Um so according to MLB.com, the average number of starters used during the season is eight. Um I just did a quick search. And hopefully my counting skills are as good as they once were. The Blue Jays used 13 different starters last year. Um, So Curtis has the line here at eight and a half starters for the Blue Jays used throughout the season. Okay, I'll start with this one. Smashing the over. There's no way there's there's less than eight starters this year. That's a big over for me. Um. I don't know if that's optimistic or if it's just um, lots of injuries probably because that's how it always happens. So uh, I think, you know, we have our five already. Those five guys are getting a start within the first five games. Uh, and I think there's going to be more than than three, uh, three other players to start a game for the Jays, even if it's bullpen days or whatever. But yeah, uh, I should hit the over on that bad boy. I'm going to hit the under um, for a couple of reasons. I think that gosman and and uh brios and manoa are looking really healthy whether they look good is another story speaking of brios he looked good today in spring training as the time of recording today but um i think those three guys are healthy and when you look at kikuchi he's a guy that had a low workload last year he's going to come in be the fifth guy i think the only way you get above five pitchers if someone wins or eight pitchers if someone wins out a spot because i think bass like bassett's a career 200 inning pitched guy like he doesn't have crazy injury history i think that this bullpen is built to last everyone here is pitched a high number of innings and everyone can do that and those extra like three starters are just in case you have a double header or if Hunjin Ryu comes back and is lighting it up in AAA and you want to give him that fifth spot, then there you go. That's one of your eight pitchers. But for me personally, you know, playing the Sky Dome, not going to be a lot of double headers because, you know, you're not going to have any rainouts. 
and you're not with all these renovations, I'd hope that there's no leaks in the roof or anything. So um, you would think that they're not going to play many doubleheaders this year. And in that case, I feel like that's just a Mitch White rule. And he can be one of those eight guys and he'll do it repeatedly out of the bullpen. So uh, for me personally, I think they're going to keep it under eight. Obviously, this is a risky bet for me because if like two guys get injured, I'm like screwed for this category and it's all over. But I'm being taking a phase out of Tyler's book, being optimistic that all five stars will be healthy. And the only way that this is going to change is if someone really battles their way into a spot. And the only two people I can really see doing that are Hunjin Ryu and uh, Ricky Tiedemann. But other than that, I think it, our roster is pretty much set. And minus injury, it's going to be this way till October. That's a fair assumption. Um, our third one coming in from Curtis, three of six for Curtis. Speaking of Jose Barrios, you've placed his line for his ERA this year at 3.95. The re- and I'll give you some explanation because I didn't give it on the doc, Robert. The reason why it's at 3.95 is that his is his that is his career average besides the first season where he only pitched like 80 innings and had an eight ERA. So I calculated the uh, ERA average besides that one year. And so that is the average, his career average as of right now. So what are you going with? So uh I'm speaking to the rubber duck here, and I'm going to say that Tyler's rubber duck, to be more specific. And uh, I'm going to say that he's going to go on the over. I think he's a four ERA pitcher. He's going to be the fourth guy in the rotation. Sorry, Brios fans out there. Um, Just the World Baseball Classic didn't give me any favors here. Like, if he went out there and absolutely killed it at the World Baseball Classic, I might feel a little bit more confident to hit the under on this, but... He did not look good. And let's be real. These this competition he's facing in in spring training is not good. Like this this team against the Orioles today, it was basically minor leaguers throughout the whole lineup and a couple top prospects. And he, he still gave up a home run today. And he did look good. He struck out the side in the beginning. But I just don't feel like he can keep it together for a full season. And that's and honestly, if he's gonna be good at one point in the year, just be good during the playoffs, Brios. I don't care about the regular season. If we make the playoffs, just be good. We just got to make the playoffs and be good. And I think that a four ERA pitcher as your, sorry, excuse me, as your uh, fourth uh, pitcher is, is perfectly acceptable in the majors. I think most teams would love that to be their third starting pitcher. So I think Brios is just going to be over a four ERA and that's nothing to be ashamed of. I, I think that that lower wall also is going to have an effect on Jake's pitchers. More home runs are going to be given up in the Roger Center and already tough uh, ballpark for pitchers and uh, I think that's going to have an effect on the ERA of all these starters especially with Brios who gives up a ton of home runs to left-handed hitters I think that you know playing in Yankee Stadium often and playing in the Rogers Center is really gonna that's gonna be a detriment for him I think this was a really good line set so shout out to you Curtis I think that's like a really really solid number to set the line at um just a little tangent about the World Baseball Classic. I read absolute. I was listening to Blair and Barker the other day. I th- I think it was Blair and Barker with um with Pete Walker as their guest, and he, even Pete Walker was saying the Jays were really happy with Barrios's uh stuff at the World Baseball Classic. Whoever came up with the uh pitch combinations that they decided to use with Barrios literally has never read a book on Jose Brios or looked at a screen with Jose Brios' stats. They went like fastball, 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 slider. Like it was just the worst. Like 
Barrios' fastball is decent, but it's only good when he's throwing his curveball. And he was he I think he threw one in the at bat. And Santander is a great fastball hitter. So like fastball, fastball, fast. Like it's just ridiculous. Anyways, it was super stupid. The outing at the World Baseball Classic, I read absolutely nothing into because it was the worst pitch calling I've ever seen in my life. Um, anyways, tangent over. Uh what do you what do you guys think? What do you guys think? What do, what do you guys think I'm smacking? Smack me the under, Robert. Give me the under. Oh. I think it's going to be very close. However, I think he's going to have like a 3.89 or a 3.9. Um, that's why I like this this line set where it is. But uh, let's get crazy. Let's get crazy. We haven't picked uh, as so far. We haven't picked the same thing. So someone's winning really big. Someone's losing really hard. It's off to a fiery start, to say the least. Yeah. Um, we we go got our opinion. We're not backing down. No, you're not. I love it. That's what we need. Um, going back to Fangraphs here, basing their projection of 39 home runs for Vladdy this year. Um, Curtis, you set the line at 37 and a half. I'm going to be the quick one here. I said, I know this line's kind of a little BS, but I'm smashing the over on this one. I think Fangraphs is really underestimating Vladdy. If he doesn't have 45 home runs, I'll be shocked. Like, I would be actually like, That'd be a terrible year for Vlad, in my opinion, if he doesn't hit 40-plus home runs. And the fact that Fangraphs has him at 39 with the shortened porch in the um in the Rogers Center and ha- getting to play in ballparks like Fenway and Yankee Stadium and to an extent, um, what is the ballpark called in Baltimore again? I'm blanking right now. Camerica? Camden Yards. Camden Yards? No, not anymore. I don't know what it's called now, but I don't think it's they Camden Yards it? anymore. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, it's man. stupid. It's Camden Yards. Shut up. It's Camden Yards. You're right. Anyways, people yeah. in Baltimore, they can add us and tell us what the correct name is. But I feel like just playing the ALEs, and I know that they're going to travel more this year because of the schedule. I just think that still, like, a majority of your games are going to be in the ALEs. And with that happening, I think it's going to give them a lot of chances to hit home runs and i think you know hitting and i think you know that schedule is also going to affect him too because he's going to face worse pitching because he's going to play the al central more he's going to play the uh nl central's not great either this year like divisions like that i think are where he can really thrive and you know hit the ball and i mean he's looked besides that injury he was so hot coming into spring and i know that we don't want to base everything off of spring, but yeah, I just think he's going to hit like 45 home runs. So like, I know I set the line and I'm laughing at my own line, but I wanted to, you know, see what Tyler would say to this, but I'm hitting the over. Um, I have to pull up. Oh my God. Hold on. Um, So Robert already picked it for me and he picked right because he knows me so well and we're so connected like that, but uh, smashing the over on this bad boy. Uh, literally every point you made, uh, Curtis, the, you know, smaller parks in the uh, AL East Rogers center has the, uh, uh, you know, the smaller walls, closer walls. Uh, I believe her name is Jasmine, but one of my girlfriend's friends from school saw the picture of my Vladdy Guerrero Jersey on my wall and called me basic called me basic i didn't even buy that that was a gift from the toronto blue jays shout out jays for the bat ball and jersey but jasmine I, i've never met you but you suck because Vladdy's awesome i mean she's a kirk stan which is fine i guess but like anyways just the whole tangent i was that frustrated me things are frustrating me guys it's a stressful time anyways i let's feel like on. 
I feel like we are not going to find a lot of common ground this year, but I think one place we can find common ground is on Vlad being an MVP this year. Yep, 100%. At least a candidate, if he doesn't win. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I'm not saying he's going to win MVP because he's in a, uh, in a conference with Trout and Otani, but... I mean, they're still not going to make the playoffs, either of them, but... World Baseball Classic, shout out, Shoyotani, Mike Trout, that was dope. How nice. awkward of a plane ride would that have been? Because they have to, you have to imagine they're going back on the same plane. On the same plane, yeah, probably. That's awkward. I, a lot of them would, because it's spring training. Everyone's going to Arizona or Florida. And he struck out uh That is super awkward. Out to win Pretty it. funny, though. Yeah. Anyways, let's yeah, continue. Jasmine would have been taking the under on the Vladdy home runs, to say the like, least. What? Like, how do you say Vlad's been... Anyways, sorry. Absurd. I'm going to get off topic. Thank you. Take. Yeah. Thank you. Freezing. Um, absolutely freezing cold freezing. take. Like it's so hot that it's cold. Like it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, Blue Jays wins. They're projected with 89 wins. And Curtis, you set the line at 94. I set the line at 94 because like saying that the Jays are only going to win 89 games is like crazy. I'm going with this light under though. I think they're going to win 93 games. And that's just because the Yankees are freaking good, man. And I think that they're going to play the NL West quite a bit with, with the uh, Padres and Dodgers more more than they normally do. And that division's absolutely loaded from top to bottom. And I think it's going to be tough, tougher on the Jays. Obviously, they're going to play more weak teams, but also they're going to play stronger teams that they normally don't play. So uh, I think that 93 is a good number. Hey, if they win 95 games, I'm not shocked. I, I think that anywhere between that like 92, 96 range is where I see them falling in. All these people saying that the Yankees are going to win 104 games can go suck my ass because that's not going <laughs> to happen. <laughs> but I mean, like the Yankees are going to be good, but I feel like both of them are going to be like within a game of each other for that top spot. And they're all going to be around like 94, 93 wins just because I think that people are underestimating the Rays. And with the spread more spread out schedule, it's gonna be hard to win 100 games. I made a scorching hot take on Twitter the other day uh, about exactly this topic, and um, you know maybe it's hot, maybe it's not. But uh, with with the beginning of the season, the Yankees rotation is a little uh, beat up, so they're gonna get a little bit off to a slower start. And then again, the Jays are on a 10 game road trip to start the year, so maybe you know same disadvantage, slow start for us as well. It's very possible. Um, but the Blue Jays are winning 101 games this year, and you can't tell me otherwise. So smash that over, baby. Give me the over right that's, there. Uh, that's actually ludicrous. You think they're going to win 101 games? Franchise record, baby. Smash that over. That's yeah. that. That's such a... that's Like, it's not a bad take, but it's like such an unrealistic take. Yeah, you know what? We'll, we'll see. We'll see come, come October. You think 100 wins is really out of the picture, Curtis? I think that this division this division's too good. I think that and they can they never can beat the Rays, man. It doesn't matter how good they are. The Rays always beat them. Like it's just a fact like the the fact of life is the Jays hitting home runs. Like you know, you know the facts of life are usually love, death and taxes for the Jays. It's home runs, fighting for the AL East, losing to the Rays. Like that is it always happens that way whether it's in the playoffs, regular season, they always have bad records against the Rays. And that's going to affect you getting to 100 wins if you lose, like, three games. And also, we still have some questions with Kikuchi. Is Kikuchi going to be that good in the fifth spot? Like, you can't win 100 games where you're losing every time your fifth starter comes around. So, 
I'm gonna pump the brakes on 100 wins. I still think they're gonna win 39 40 game or 30 sorry 90 the 93 94 games. But I just think that they're not gonna get over that 94.5, which is like a really high standard in the MLB, especially with the spread out schedule. It's a fair point. We can't argue. Um, I also just want to on. comment that yeah. for all the people listening, Tyler's been distracting the heck out of me. That's why I can't get out of thought of my head right now. It's because he's doing all this crazy stuff on camera. So when the video version of this comes out, you'll understand why I'm having a hard time concentrating. But for all the audio listeners, Tyler's just been messing with me. No, he just put up a sign on a piece of paper saying 101 wins. Staple that to your wall, and then we'll see what happens when they don't win 101 games. I mean, if they win 101 games, it's got like I'm not gonna be upset. Like I'll gladly give you the win this year. I don't care. Like that's that's amazing, but I just don't think it's gonna happen. Valid, valid. Let's boogie. Let's boogie, Robert. Manager ejections. Six and a half. Can I start with this one? By all means. Hump the over, baby. John Schneider's going crazy. He's going crazy. John Schneider gets fired up. Yeah, he does. Yeah, no, with Don Mattingly on the bench too? Smash that over. Are you kidding me? So just because you mentioned that, when you say manager ejections, are we going just strictly Schneider. based off of just Schneider? Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, because technically, well, no, actually, I was the reason why I said that is because, like, technically, there could be a game where Schneider gets tossed and Mattingly gets tossed in the same game. And if Schneider gets tossed before him, technically, they're both a manager that gets tossed in the eyes of baseball. I see. So, like, in that weird scenario, it would be Don Mattingly, or like, in case um, Schneider gets like a suspension for some reason and Mattingly has to be manager, right. that's when that wording comes into play. But that's like on a really, really, really off chance that that happens. Yeah. It's basically, it's basically John Schneider. And I'm also going to hit the over because I'm honestly, besides uh, Joe Madden, I've never seen a a manager chirp the umps more in like kind of like a slick way than John Schneider does. Like some managers are really like abrupt about the way that they absolutely roast the umpires. But like, Josh Schneider's just that, that little like bird that does little chirps in the from the dugout, just a little like nips, just a little beep, 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 beep. And then he'll just erupt if something bad happens. So I could see him getting canned like seven or eight times this year. It's a 162 game season. I could actually see him getting canned like like kind of like like Gibbon style, like 11, 12 times this year. Like I wouldn't be shocked. Like there's the games are on the line. And if I'm starting up to stuff or he's not liking it. I don't think he's going to be afraid to stand up for his guys and get tossed. I agree. Yeah. That's why we smashed that over, baby. There you go. Absolutely yeah. obliterate. Like, hit it with a baseball bat. Smash the over button. Smash into deep right center field. Let's boogie. Robert, you guys are pretty divided on that one, but we'll go to the next set of questions brought to you in part by Tyler Prosick. That's me. That's me. I did That's this. You. You did it. Ricky Tiedemann, over under 50.5 innings pitched in Major League Baseball. I'll start it off because this is my que- or this is mine. Uh, I'm going to hit that under on this one. I think he's a September call up, most likely, and I don't think he reaches 50 innings. That's There's not much else to say there for me. I'm going to say the same thing. He's going to be a good pitcher, but it, unlike when Manoa is coming up, there's not really 
a vacancy that's available right now. And by the time that Tiedemann would actually start to be considered, you also have Hunjin Ryu coming back, who they're paying a lot of money to. So if I'm trying someone out, I'm trying out Hunjin Ryu before Ricky Tiedemann just because I'm paying him a boatload of money and I want Tiedemann to get more seasoning in the minors because he is only, what, 20 going on to 21 this year? Yeah. So uh, No, I think he just turned 20. Oh, no, he turned 21 in July, I think, actually, or August. Yeah, anyways, sorry, continue. Anyways, he'll turn, I think he turns 21 this year. But uh, I think a guy like that, you got to keep him in the minors one more year. I think, hey, if they're in a pinch and he's pitching great, call him up. That's going to affect one of my other categories, but I don't think he's getting 50 innings. He's going to be a September call up at the end of the year. He's going to throw some flame out of the bullpen. And um, we'll just wait and see him. Like a category I was tempted to put it down is Nate Pearson innings in the majors. I thought about that as well. But like, I feel like that's such a weird like spot right now that I couldn't actually predict that, but we'll see. Yeah. This is an interesting one. The number five starter going into the season, Yusei Kikuchi, over or under 24 and a half starts. You want to start this one, Curtis? Under. Interesting. Under 24 and a half starts. Not because he gets injured, because he doesn't live up to the stuff. I think he, I think we could see him replace uh, Mitch White in that bullpen and them just option Mitch White. That's a very big possibility for me. He was good out of the bullpen last year. And I think if he's struggling and a guy like Ryu comes back and can take that fifth spot from him handily, I don't think he gets to 24 starts. Honestly, in my perfect world, I think having Ryu as your fifth starter is like best scenario or like a pickup at the deadline taking over Kikuchi's spot. And then he goes in to be like that wrong, sorry, long relief guy. Like, like we kind of saw in uh, the World Baseball Classic, how like if you have a pitcher that's really struggling out of the first or second inning, in a playoff game or in an important game, you can bring out Kikuchi to get you like three, four innings, get you to the bullpen. And that's all I need out of him as my long man. And I think that's what an ideal role for him is on this roster. And uh, I think that's what's going to happen. I think either they're going to trade for someone or Ryu's going to come back and he's going to take that fifth spot. Yeah, I, f- I feel like this is an appropriate line. I think he had around 24 starts or 23 starts last year or something like that. Um, I, I saw it earlier today, but um, I, I'm gonna hit the over on this one. I think he has a good year and gets him to like 26, maybe 27 starts. Uh, it would be awesome if you could hit 30, but uh, you know, it depends how the season goes and who gets injured, who stays healthy, who's really good, who's really bad, all that kind of stuff. But uh, I'm I'm optimism once again takes my takes my hand and uh, hit the over on that bad boy. I also just want to add one other thing. When you look at this team, there's not really much areas this team can add at the deadline besides the fifth starter. Like maybe the 26th man on the roster is another one you could talk to. But I think that Otto Lopez is going to secure that spot pretty handily once we start opening day. And I don't think they're going to want anyone else taking that spot. So then you look at the bullpen and then you got some guys coming off of injury to join that bullpen. And then you also got so much depth at that position. You're almost looking to trade arms out of the bullpen rather than gain arms unless someone crazy goes on the market. So I think the logical place for them to look, and we know they are because they're going to hunt for World Series, is that fifth spot. Just for reference, he had 20 starts last year, uh, Mm. Kikuchi as a starter. So something to keep in mind. Um, 
Moving on to Matt Chapman, first category with him. Over or under 29 and a half doubles this year. So does he hit 30? Do you want me to take this one? Yeah, you'd start start off. Go ahead. Um, I'll smash the over in this one. I think he's a guy that hits for power, but not power enough to hit a lot of home runs. I expect his average also to go up this year. He's looked good in spring. And I just think that Matt Chapman is on a contract year. And if he's going to do anything, it's going to be hit the ball for average. Like he's done the pass in his career. So I'm going to go with the over on this one. It's it's a slight over. It's a good line set by Tyler. I think 30 doubles is a really good season for any player. And I think that he just eclipsed that 29 mark. Yeah, I think um, I think he hits more home runs than double. I, originally, I came into this wanting the over, but uh, I feel like he unlocks a little bit more power, like even more power than he had last year, um, where he would hit the warning track so many times at Rogers Center. Uh, that would now be a home run. Uh, so I'm going to say he gets more home runs this year and uh, and doubles probably around 27, 28. I'm going to hit the under on that one. Um, and, you know, hopefully hopefully those home runs reward the Blue Jays and my over-under predictions here. Good line, good line set by Tyler. Thanks, buddy. Great line. Uh, the next one set by Tyler, an OPS plus of 125 for Bo Bichette. Uh, so I set this one. Uh, looking at Bo's um, stats from the last few years. I said this one with, of course, the assumption that I keep having that Bo's can have a ridiculous year uh, just because I feel it in my bone, my bones. Uh, his four seasons in the MLB, this is just Curtis because I saw this and I, I don't know if you've seen it. So his uh, debut season, he only obviously played 46 games, but a 144 OPS plus. The next year, 127. Next year, 121. And the year after that, 127. So that's just reference for Curtis because it's unfair. And, and we're setting the line at 125. 125. That's tight. Yeah. Uh, so you, you th- I just wanted to give you that because I saw that earlier. So it'd be unfair if I didn't share that with you. So go ahead. Th- this has been the hardest. Like looking for the list before we started recording, this was the hardest one for me. I think that... It's hard to bet against Bo, but at the same time, I wonder, you know, Bo is the player that I find if anyone in the lineup is going to be streaky, it's going to be Bo. I think he's the streakiest player on the Jays and not saying that he's not a good player, obviously, because I have him being a four war player this season. I just don't see. It's tough because I can see him being like, one like was it 125.5 like i'm being really nitpicky here but it's 125.5 right or is it 124.5 125.5 okay god man it's hard i i can tell mine if you want to think about it for a little bit longer yeah you go you go quickly yeah so with curtis's war projections and and obviously if you listen back or you literally just heard it uh, i picked the over on his war i legitimately think bo's gonna finish in the top 10 for mvp voting so it'd be hypocritical of me to not take the over on this one uh i'm, I'm gonna say he ends up around a 120 127 to a 130 ops plus is kind of what i'm i'm hoping for and you know maybe he goes bananas and gets a 400 ops plus and has the best season ever by a baseball player on the planet uh but you know we'll see but over for me 
I'll take the very, very minor under. Like, very minor. Like, I think he's a 124, 123 guy. Like, I could see him being around that. And maybe that's, for me, more that he, I think he's going to hit more for power this year. And I think, you know, not to contra- contradict my other pick, I think that that war is not going to hit 4.5 because of his defensive play. And I know Tyler's going to get on me because he's really liked Bo's defensive play, but I feel like he's still going to make some mistakes, and that's really going to cost him in the war category. Um, so I'm just going to say the under on this one. So our next line set by Tyler. Blue Jays win streaks of six games or more with a line set at 7.5. So are they going to have eight or more win streaks of six games, at least six games? I'm going to be quick on this one to hit the under. I think that, you know, that puts them on pace for your projection, Tyler, of winning 100 games if they do that. But baseball's a tough game to win six consecutive games in, and to do that eight times this year, I don't think that's feasible. And that's not because they're a bad team. I feel like I keep on saying that. This is a good team. I'm just a pessimist on the podcast. Um, I'm just going to say that they're not going to hit that. They're going to hit, like the under on that eight times a lot done deal. Yeah. Now that I think of it, that line's pretty high, but, uh, cause that is, that, that's 48 wins. Uh, if, if you were, if they went on eight win streaks of six games, uh, or more, um, but kids plug your ears. Fuck it. I'm taking the over. Let's go. Uh, there goes our uh, clean rating. We have to do explicit now when we post you, you, this. You, you dropped an F-bomb earlier in the show. It's okay. Now oh, did even. I? Yeah, you did. Oh, fuck. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we made some, well, this, the seal's broken. Who cares? Oh, God. Rated our podcast. Jeez. This is the... Okay, okay. Before Robert explains the question, this is the most fun question on the line. Actually, arguable. Robert has a really funny one that I really like. Um, But... uh this is this is a good one. This is a good one. I like this one. Robert, take her away. Good old Looney Dogs. Last year, a whopping, disgusting 296,415 Looney Dogs were consumed by Blue Jays fans. How many of those were yours, Tyler? Eight. How many did I have? How many games was that? Four. I only got. I only went to a Looney Dog game once because I couldn't go back. You ate eight hot dogs in one game. Oh no, no, no! That was two different games because I had four with Robert and four another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had four, so it was four too many to be honest. But good times. That's besides the point. The point is that this year the line is two hundred and ninety-six thousand Looney Dogs. Guys, okay, guys, let's just go to every Looney Dog. I'm taking the over, guys. Let's go to every Looney Dog game and just eat <laughs> crap. Just completely just skew the ten, line. Just eat, like just, if you go to every one and eat 10 Looney Dogs, that's going to affect the line like crazy. Okay, the reason I set it under what it was last year is because the attendance for the stadium is lower this year. So that's why ah. I set it a little bit under. Um, but I still think... But you didn't take into account of my hunger for Looney Dog diet. I'm <laughs> Curtis, Curtis is a hungry man on a budget. He needs those Tuesday Looney Tuesday night. So I'm also... I have uh, nothing better to do besides this podcast on a Tuesday night. 
I believe Curtis is uh, is going to eat at least 600,000 hot dogs, so I'm going with the over <laughs> on this one. Yeah, I'm smashing the over. Who cares? Yeah, we're both I'm taking just, that. I'm absolutely going nice. to crush 60 hot dogs this year. <laughs> oh, man. Nice. Oh, I'm going to get to know the Looney Dog people by name. Yeah. We should... Losing, uh, yeah. We should... Uh, oh, you know what? That should be our punishment. We should buy... No, 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 20, no, no. That's 20 not hot a dogs. That's, that's no, no, a death no. sentence. That's a, that's a death that's, sentence. That's a criminal sentence. Yeah. No, um, I feel like I feel like you shouldn't just lose them. I feel like that should be Tyler's punishment from last year. To eat 20 hot dogs. I don't know if I could do that in one sitting. Maybe over 12 no, hours. But like, no, no, it wouldn't be over one sitting. You have the, you like, we give you a number of hot dogs and before the, the season's the, over. No, before the ninth inning of the game, you have to eat that many hot dogs. How about this? How about this? I have an idea. Okay. Kind of ripping ripping a page out of fantasy football. You have to sit in a McDonald's for 24 hours, and every hot dog you eat takes off an hour. Bro, that's so what... We just, so we just my friends and I are doing that at Denny's, but with pancakes for fantasy oh, football. Buddy. Yeah. Whip out those loony dogs. Oh, my God. That's brutal. Or oh, how about we do this? I know that we've gone on a side tangent. Side tangent now. So every inning, we'll set a number of hot dogs that you have to eat. If you extend the number of hot dogs we require you to eat in that inning, we will cut off an inning. So say we you only need to eat two hot dogs in the first inning, and you eat three. There's no more ninth inning. Say we set it to three in the next inning, and you eat four. No more eighth inning. I think I would max out at four hot dogs. Like, I think I would barf after four hot Curtis, I don't know if you've had them, but they're freaking they're so disgusting. bad. They're That's so the bad. Point. They're I've, exactly I've had them. what a $1 hot dog You know what? Like. If, if Tyler, yeah. if you agree to do it for fun, I'll just do it with you. We would have to come up with some specifications, and we could record it because it would be hilarious to watch us both throw up. But uh, if we came up with some good ideas, I think that's a genius idea. Support Looney Dogs. All right, we're good. It's set in right. stone. You heard it here on the podcast. We're gonna be we'll, doing. We'll, we'll do it. Plus, Robert, the hot ones challenging challenge also coming from still season down, one. still down for that. Um, Robert, take us yeah. to the promised land. We'll take you to the promised land. These next five questions from yours truly, me, King Robert. Um, I wanted to do like five of them where they were like pretty, pretty like funny, like similar to like a Looney Dog. But I figured I should probably keep it a little baseball centric. Um, but anyways, the first one I have Dalton Varsho over under 90.5 RBIs. I'm going to hit the under on this. I think that wait, 90 or 95, 90.5. Oh, I feel, I feel, I still think I'm going to hit the under on this. I feel like he's not going to hit in the like heart of the order. I see him as more of a either top of the lineup guy or like a six, seven guy. And I feel like, well, this team's good, so he's going to have RBI opportunities, but I feel like 90 is just a really high number. And like only so many people can get 90-plus RBIs on a team. So I'm going to hit the under on that, but I can see him being an 85-plus RBI guy this year. This is really hard. This is super, super hard. His first full season last year with just a poo-poo team in Arizona he got 74 RBIs and like 
Yeah, and, but like you also have to take into consideration that someone has to hit people in. Exactly. And if he's in the middle of the order, the guys at the top are going to be on base is what my mindset is. Uh, but I don't think he's going to be in the middle of the order. I think he'll be between four, five, and six. Pretty I much think he'll either year. be two or he'll be six, seven. So for what what my brain is currently thinking, I think, you know, he's 26 this year. Um, he's going to play a full season in the outfield. He's going to play every single day, basically. Um, maybe sometimes when lefties are on the mound, maybe he might sit, but I think his defense is good enough where you put him in anyway. Um, I'm going to not even jokingly being the optimist. I genuinely think he could get a hundred RBIs this year. So I'm going to hit the over. Interesting. Next topic. Um, Manoa. So I was trying to figure out a line of what, what's a proper amount of innings. Um, so I just went with the milestone 200 innings. Um, so I set it at 199.2 innings. Um, I want to take into consideration that because I think this is our first one, our first prop that deals with innings pitched. Innings pitched are dealt in thirds. Therefore, it is quite possible that, or you know what? I'll keep it. I'll do 199.5 just to, to up the excitement. So if he goes 199 innings and gets two outs, then bang, the over hits. But if he goes 199 innings and one out, then it stays under. I'm sorry. I have to do some quick math real quick. He was so good last year. Oh, my God. I'm just looking at his stats right now. 174 ERA plus. Oh, my God. Um, I know my... Okay. If he pitches to give you some math, and I'm a journalist, so I'm terrible at math, but I have a calculator here. So this is fact-checked. If he if he starts 28 games and throws seven innings in all 28 games, that's 196 innings. Now, is it realistic that he'll throw seven innings every time out? Basically, no. But also, will he start more than 28 games this year? Probably. Maybe. I don't know. How many did he start last year? He started 31 games last year. I'm hitting the over. I think he goes deep into games, and it's he's rarely taken out. The only time I can remember like it being a really bad game, ironically, was the one game he really needed to win, which was that playoff game uh, against the Mariners where he got brought out early. And I feel like he's going to be on a revenge tour, especially a Cy Young tour, because of how much he felt disrespected by only getting like one first place vote for the Cy Young. So I'm going to hit the over on this. I think he's going to pitch 200 plus innings and be the first pitcher since I'm pretty sure Marcus Stroman to do so. Yeah. Um, boring for the, for the lines, but I am also going to take the over. Um, I think, you know, last year was his first full season and he pitched 196 innings, 0.2 innings. Um, and he was just unbelievable. And I think only w- with age and he added, uh, he's adding in a change up a little bit more against the lefties to get, cause he struggles against lefties sometimes. Um, I think, uh, you know, he's only going to get better. And uh, if I'll put a hot take on the podcast right now and freaking clip this, if you want Curtis, uh, if he has another season, like he did last year, or even maybe a little bit worse than last year, cause he was so good last year. Uh, Alec Manoa is going to be a Hall of Famer by the end of his career. No doubt in my mind. 100%. 
Um, if 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 he can repeat what he did last year of anywhere close to it, uh, he's a Hall of Famer by the end of okay. His career, he, 100%. he has to win. He has to win his Cy Young. But yes, I agree. And a World Series, I think, in my mind. Before yeah. we can say that, but he's just crazy. That is scorching. Yeah. Well, you know, scorching. That's turn the AC I, I th- up. I think. Mom. I think we just found our clip. There you go. That's scorching. Speaking of scorching, I get that a lot. Jordan Romano throws heat. That's no secret. Good transition. Oh, that deserves an applause. My, oh my God. God, is this guy in journalism or what? Holy smokes! <laughs> yeah, just I, a little Derek Jeter tip of the cap to you, my friend. My Miami Marlins tip of the cap. Yeah, you guys wearing a Marlins hat on a Jays podcast, but hey, man, I'm allowed to wear what the fuck I want. No, I I know it's just whatever. Um, oh, shout out my girlfriend repping Miami right now. There you go. Go go Miami Marlins, even though they're probably gonna be not great this year. Um, so Ty and I briefly spoke about it on the last episode that I was on. Um, he was already touching ninety five. I had to do a lot of digging for this, but Jordan Romano's fastball velo was at an average of 96.9 miles per hour last year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Taking into account that he's already touched 95, I set the line this year at an average exit velo on fastballs at 95.5 miles per hour. By exit velo, do you mean like leaving his hand or leaving yeah. the bat? His hand. Okay, I'm taking the over on this. It's pretty easy. He's going to be a 96, 97 mile an hour fastball type of guy out of the back of that bullpen. And I think, you know, the fact that there's so many more arms in this bullpen that I wouldn't mind giving the ball to on a night where, you know, it's not a desperation save. I feel like that saves his arm more and gives him that velocity more throughout the season. And obviously... That lowers his um his uh his pool of statistics for the season. So I think that this is an easy over for me, in the sense that he's been consistent ever since he was called up by the Jays as being one of those guys. Um, he, what is it with the Jays and having found money closers like just like pulling them out of their ass? Roberto Osuna. I mean, don't condone what he did, but he was a random just out of nowhere all-star closer same with jordan romano um canadian boy still a little salty that he said no to team canada for wbc but um yeah i think i'm gonna hit the over on that one uh yeah it's gonna be boring for the for the line but i'm also gonna take the over i think romano is just like the biggest stud on the planet um and with uh with um Edwin Diaz's unfortunate injury. I think Romano could be the best closer in baseball this year. I mean, I know I think he could have the most saves in baseball this year. Possibly. I think, you know, Emmanuel Class A is out there as well. And Kenley Jansen's on the Red Sox, but they're not going to win a lot of games. So I don't think that's going to be feasible for him to get a lot of saves. But uh, Romano, I think, could be the best closer in baseball. Another um, guy I wanted the Jays again. Kenley Jansen. Um, but also on the, uh, the you touching on Team Canada, Romano not. Um, Going to play for Team Canada, I think 2026 World Baseball Classic might be the best tournament to watch ever. I think so many players are going to commit way, like so many pitchers are going to commit. Um, 
to to the classic after watching what happened at this one and and uh you could even see like it's touching the other leagues around the world like Connor mcdavid commented said nhl you suck basically right to their face um and that he wants the best on best tournament as well uh pe- people want to watch everyone wants to watch it and i think a lot of pitchers are going to commit for 2026 hot take i think one of the host cities cities should be toronto with the renovations to the rogers center by 2026 agreed, agreed. definitely agreed That'd be crazy. If it's a World Baseball Classic, you can't have two um, cities be from the U.S. and call it the World Baseball Classic. I know you want to have MLB affiliation into the city, so do it in Toronto for the next time. Just a thought. Yeah. it's a good take. Um, So we got two more for myself. This one here, uh, again, for a little bit of context, Bichette, back-to-back seasons leading the American League in hits. Um. Over both of those seasons, he averaged 190 hits. This year, I set the line at 185.5. I'll take this one. My Bichette takes have been consistent all day. Robert, I don't even have to tell you. Uh, Over on the Bichette hits. Back-to-back American League hits leader. Like, it's just going to be back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back until the end of his career. He's the GOAT. Um. No, but yeah, over for, for Bichette. I think he gets uh, probably around 190, 195 hits. I think he's going to be just so good this year. I can't stress it enough. Um, I'm I'm also going to go over. I think that hits aren't necessarily the NLB all to the war category. And I think that he gets a lot of them, especially a lot of singles. Yeah, I think that this is an easy over for me. I mean, he just hits the ball like, I think he's underrated how much is his contact game. I think a lot of people out of the Toronto landscape, especially Toronto Blue Jays Twitter, like everyone else around the league underestimates how good of a contact hitter Bobachet is. And I think that's the reason why he's get, we're taking the over here is because he's that good of a hitter. And, um, you know, once he gets that defense uh, to be like an, at an all-star level, he'll be that 4.5 war player. But for now, I'm going to take the, uh, the over and be a little bit optimistic because I think Bo's looked really hot this spring. And, uh, you know, I know we can't take too much into that, but I think he's going to have a good year this year. This is the line, the one that grabbed Tyler's attention, and it's going to be a good one. Our, our first one settled. Our first one settled. Um, over under the length of the canadian national anthem at the home opener set is anyone, at 79 is it, and a half seconds will any of us actually be there for that game robert and i will both be there oh yes, i won't be there okay sad uh i'm i'm timing this bad boy wait oh, you already know when does it start the fir- when the first That'd word be, yeah. is spoken so i'm i'm going based off of like pretty much what happens with the super bowl as soon as she, as he or she says oh in O Canada, okay. and then stand on guard for the. So after she's finished, after they finish with D, um, as soon as the first syllable is spoken, up until the point to the last syllable. Well, like, spoken, what if they if, if they like carry out the V as soon it, as they start it, or as when as soon as oh. it finishes? So like as soon as they like the yep. there. Oh as soon as you God. hear O, and then as soon as you hear the, I'm I'm heading the it, over. It's gonna be electric in there, and they're gonna go for like a buck thirty. 
That's a lot. Like, like I was just thinking about like ninety seconds is like, like it's a, a long Canadian time, but it's the home opener short. in a brand new building in one of the more hyped years for the Jays I can remember. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna smash the over. I'm gonna hit the homer, like I said earlier in this podcast, to right center field deep. I'm as as Buck would say, it's going back, 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 and I'm gone. Very conflicted on this one, but to make things interesting, I'm gonna take the under. Um, but you already know home opener, uh, Rob. We both have to record because I don't know if I'm gonna be buzzed or not, and if I am, I don't want to mess it up. So you have to make sure we'll get all of us to to press our timers and and time it. And I'm gonna feel really bad for when they stop singing because if it's un- if it's the under, I'm gonna scream. I'm actually gonna scream. Um, but yeah. Anyways, did that's it, gonna be fun. Did you guys? Are you going with seats? Or are you going with the twenty dollar tickets? Uh, we got C. Yeah, we got seats. It's in. I I don't know what section it's in. No idea. I forget. Yeah, come find us, everybody. Yeah, come find us. Yeah, facts. We'll be at the pint before the game. Curtis, you can join us at the pint if you want. Anyways. I might actually take you up on that. Yeah, we'll be there before. We're going early because I want to go in early and check out the renovations. So, yeah, should be fun. So our next set of questions come from. Uh, viewers whether it would be you know contributors at otl um like i said earlier the various twitter twitter community so big thanks to everybody that that tuned in that chimed in um going back to var show here over under 30.5 home runs gonna smash the over on this one i think that not playing in the nl is really gonna help out and i think that again Playing in the small ballparks of the American League East is a hitter's dream. It's where hitters go to get paydays. And I think that Dalton Varsho is going to follow that trend and he's going to get some big money once he uh, is able for Arb and uh, free agency because of this move to the Jays. So I'm going to go with the over. This is tough. I I think he's going to... Mm-hmm. I know he could hit well over 30 home runs because he's got a lot of pop, and you saw that today in the spring training game against the Orioles. Uh, I think he came off like 110 off his bat, and he just crushed it to right field. Um, but the Jays' right field, we haven't had a lot of really good left-handed hitters probably since Justin Smoke, and you know Kendrys Morales was a good left-handed power hitter. But, uh, yeah, uh, I'm probably going to hit the under on this one. I think he's going to hit around, you know, 25 to 30 probably home runs uh maybe he crushes that and i look like an idiot but you know whatever that's great for the team don't really care um but i think he hits lots of doubles lots of triples lots of bunt singles lots of diving catches lots of dalton varsho baseball and i i'm 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 comfortable with the under i think he's gonna be a great all-around player regardless cash in a lot of runners with a lot of smart baseball so yeah i'm gonna hit the under all right Sticking with Varsho, um, the number of times he catches. So I guess just appearances he makes as a catcher, um, five and a half. This is easy for me. I'm taking the under. I I don't even think he's going to catch one game for the Jays. Uh, maybe in an emergency situation uh, in like August when everyone is so tired and dead because the heat and the long season. But, um, you know, maybe he appears in one or two games. But yeah, I, I'm taking the under i don't think he's gonna catch very much i'm gonna take the under but also at the same time i think he's gonna catch more i think he's gonna catch four or five games personally and that's not because um of injury that's just because of you know there's gonna be times where you would rather have certain elements to your roster 
And when you want to switch someone else, especially with the more games being played in the NL um, and that DH role being expanded to over there and maybe Kirky hops in at DH and you don't have that backup catcher, Varshows goes there. You have a bunch of guys that can go out and play the outfield. I think that's an obvious connection for me. So I think my interpretation, at least of this, is not necessarily he starts it, but he suits up. Tyler, I don't know if that changes your uh, mindset. And uh, so I'm going to go, he's going to play behind the plate at least five times, maybe not for full games, but I'll still take the under. Yeah, I'm still good with the under. I don't think it's going to be very often. Moving from one catcher to another, uh, Alejandro Kirk, number of times he's caught stealing set at 0.5. Shout out to uh, Ilyas Hussein for this, uh, for this, uh, over under submitted today in class while we were not paying attention because it's never mind. I'm not going to continue because this is a public podcast. Uh, let's let's uh, Curtis, what do you pick for this one? Uh, I guess the question is, do I feel like he's going to steal often? The answer is, I mean, he's got wheels, but I don't think like, I don't think they're sending him often. <laughs> he's got, he's got a certain type of wheels. Like he, he's got wheels. Like if there's a ball in the gap and there's two outs, yeah, he's going. You already know he's chugging home. Like there's there's yeah, no like, denying. He's that. he's got Backs. the wheels that like once he gets going, yeah, he's got some speed. Once the train's he... already left the station, you gotta get up yeah. the tracks. You know what I, mean? I feel yeah. like the momentum carries him. I feel like he doesn't have the speed where he's like off the blocks really quick. So I'll um I'll smash the over because I feel like the Jays are gonna try to steal <laughs> and I feel like he's gonna get caught one or two times. So uh I'm gonna go on the I'm gonna go with the over on this one. You already know I'm taking the over on this one too. This is this is awesome. I love this one. Uh, but yeah, I think you know, bases are bigger. Steal some bases. Go go for it, Kirky. The human meatball is gonna just be chugging down. And I, I, I okay. I also want to when we refer to him as a human meatball, we're referring to him that lovingly. We're not shaming his body type. Just to be clarified, I love Alejandro the, Kirk. We 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 love Alejandro Kirk so much, like so he, much. He is the legend. He is the human meatball. Oh, he's God. he's an absolute JS legend forever. Yeah, I love him, and we so and much. we love meatballs. Like we meatballs. says the Italian man, homemade Italian meatballs, man. Chef's kiss. Come from the home of Italians in uh, Guelph. Literally, everyone there is almost Italian. So, bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, yeah, boo better being. Uh, I messed that up. Whatever, it's fine. Um, actually, we'll I'll I'll flip over to this other stealing. Oh wait, that sounds pause. That sounds kind of bad. This other prop that's on hey, stolen bases. Uh, we're not talking about stealing. Like we are not robbing or there's no theft going on over here. Just only of those bases, that. baby. That's it. There you go. Um, Bobachet only of our bases. hearts. We're only stealing hearts out here. Bobachet stolen <laughs> bases set at eighteen and a half. I think that's the worst thing I've ever said on the podcast. By the way, uh. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, dude, Bobachet MVP over. I think. I mean, the only reason I think he's going over for this one is because uh, I think it's very possible there is a thirty thirty, uh. Uh, season by Bichette, 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases. I think uh, the Jays are going to be so much, like, so aggressive on the bases. 
And uh, Bo Bichette is very fast and a very aggressive baseball player, both in the fields, uh, at the plate, and I think this year on the bases as well. Uh, I think the whole team is just going to be, you know, pushing for aggressive baseball, force the other team to make mistakes kind of thing. Um, so I think uh, over on Bichette for that one. I'll quickly say under. I think that in the spot where I envision him hitting the lineup, the guys are coming up behind him. You're not going to want to steal bases. Like we do want them to be aggressive, but at that top of the lineup, you got, you know, Vlad and Kirky and whoever else is coming behind Bo, who's going to slide in that probably one, two spot, maybe even three. I don't see them putting on the green light for him unless they're in a desperate situation to score a run. So I, maybe he will get like 15, maybe 10, but I don't see him getting like 19, 20 stolen bases personally. Right. We got two more on the slate here. Um, This one's funny because I know I had spoken to Ty briefly about it, but last year we had a, we had a, we had a prop with Biggio as well. Um, And I think it revolved around the number of starts uh, that he would have. And, you know, the availability of Espinal was also in the picture. And in the end, it just, it just like, we, we, we looked back at this, at that prop in like September and we were like, wow, like, I can't believe like that was a real, yeah, and if we go like, back, everyone thought I was crazy that I hit the over on the F and all starts, and then he was an all star. So yeah, sticking sticking with Biggio though, and starting, um, the number of starts he has at second base set at fifty seven point five. Hmm, I'm hitting the under on that. I don't see a world where he gets more than twenty starts at second base, and that does, and that's just because. You literally have a former all-star in Espinal as your backup right now, according to most people, even though I think he should be the starter. Like, if we're going starts, I don't see him getting more than 20, just because unless of injury, injury is obviously the factor here that we can't account for. But if I'm being optimistic and hoping that Merrifield and Espinal stay healthy, the lefty-righty split, there's not going to be an opportunity for Biggio to really squeeze in there unless someone in the outfield gets hurt and you need... But even then, if someone gets hurt in the outfield, he might be that guy up there. He might play more outfield than he will second base this year, in my opinion. So I'm going to smash the under on that. Yeah, good point. Uh, I think the the thing that I'm thinking here is Biggio probably won't start. I'm taking the under, by the way. Biggio probably won't start that many games at second. Um, but oh, also shout out Madison Cameron. She came out uh, came up with three of these. Uh, so thank you, Madison, for for those one of the writers at OTL. Um, this this one, you know, I think he will get probably play like 80 games, but I think that's a combination of DH uh, in the outfield and uh, at second and first base. Um, I think Biggio is going to have a really good year. There's no shift anymore. Uh, he's healthy. He's seen the ball well in spring. He's playing well in spring. He played great defensively uh, so far. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he's he's a possible lefty bat that could do some damage for the Jays. Um, and I know we have quite a few lefty bats now, uh, which is such a great luxury to have. But uh, yeah, I think Biggio plays a big role for the Jays this year in in a bunch of different facets, in left field and right field, at second base, at first base, uh, bringing a lot to the team. I think it's going to be really exciting to see what he can do for the team this year and, and uh, fight for a contract in the next couple of years. Hot take. I think if Al Lopez plays as good as I think he will, uh, Biggio might be available at the deadline in a trade. That's a big possibility. We have a lot of infielders. Yeah. The 23rd and final prop here on the slate. 
first one featuring George Springer. Um, over or under 30.5 home runs. So he's got to hit 31, not 30, to go over. Heading the over on this one. Again, same with... I feel like we hit the over on all the home run ones just because of the league that they're playing in. And I think that this team is going to be so hungry this year. And I just don't see, well, the, the main thing reason you take the under is you're scared about Springer's health. That's the main thing. Like every year that he's played for the Jays, he's been projected to hit over 30 home runs, but he keeps on getting injured and losing time. So in my personal opinion, he's going to hit 30 plus home runs. So 31 he's going to scrape by that. Like, I don't think he's hitting more than like 33, 34 home runs, but he's going to scrape by that 30 number. And I think that um, that's an easy over for me. If he's healthy. I'm going to take the under never happens, but I'm going to do it. Uh, I think the, the workload that Springer has to carry on his shoulders is lifted a little bit this year. I think the team is much more balanced uh, he is, you know, he does have less to worry about defensively uh, in center field. He's more comfortable in right field from from what I've heard and what I've read. Uh, he's uh, apparently much better in right field, according to a lot of Houston uh, Astros reporters and 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 people uh, that I've I've listened to on the radio and stuff like that. Uh, and and uh, I do think he's going to have a really, really good year. And I think he's going to be healthy. I really like knock on wood. I really think he's going to have a really healthy, strong year uh, coming from right field. Uh, but I think he comes in just under 30 home runs. That's why I'm taking the under. I think he hits a lot of doubles, uh, has a lot of impact hits, gets on base a lot, uh, and just does fun George Springer things. And is very happy guy. Gets gets us some stolen bases. I think he'll steal a little bit more this year. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna come in just under, and uh, you know, hopefully 28 home runs, 700 doubles, 4,000 RBIs. No big deal. Uh, but yeah, I think it's gonna be a really good year for Springer. Uh ju- just under 30 home runs. Okay. And that's about it. Do you guys have any closing thoughts? Uh I can't wait to for Tyler to eat some hot dogs. Stay tuned for that. And also pause. how's that pause? If I said I'm looking forward to you to eat some dogs, that's pause. Yeah. Hot dogs is pretty self-explanatory. How can you misconstrue hot dogs? It's a well, food. you never know. Some people get pretty crazy, man. You never know. Are, are you one of those people? <laughs> Pause. Hey, yo. Um, thanks for doing this, Robert. Uh, good job. Jesus Christ. Thanks, I try. Yes, host. yes, I really appreciate it, Robert. We we love you. We King appreciate Robert. all the work you do for this series. Um, he will be back on more times this year, I'm assuming. And then there's just well, this one time he'll probably sub in for us over the course of the year. And also he'll be back for the finale of the over unders, but uh, we really appreciate your help. To, um, Tyler, Robert. Thanks buddy. And Tyler. Hey, I appreciate you. I appreciate you too, buddy. Um, but yeah, are we going to Tyler? Do we want to do plug time? We okay. always do plug time. What kind of question? We, we start with our guest, Robert, take it away. Plug yourself. Oh, man. Plug yourself, fool. Mm-hmm. All right. That okay, that out of context. Plug well, yourself. Plug yourself. Oh, everyone, chill out. Pause, pause. Hey, 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 hey. I hey. feel like we need to get rid of so much of this outro, but anyways. <laughs> at this point, we may as well just keep it in. Um so the people can find me on Instagram at Robert Vona. 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Vona underscore Roberts. Um, as for what's going on in the world of OTL, the CFL draft, as well as the NFL draft are fast approaching. Um, so we have a great series going on by one of our writers. Shout out Daniel Federico. Always putting in the work for our Canadian football players. Um, previewing every Friday it comes out, he previews his top five at every position heading into the CFL draft. Uh, so far, I think we got defensive backs and linebackers out. Um, at the time of the recording, we're recording on a Wednesday. So by this Friday, um, there will be another another article out. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of a lot of good stuff coming out. Oh, come on, plug your podcast. Come on. Uh fine. Um, uh, so myself and Sam Donsig, uh, we have a little thing going on uh called the debrief after each Formula One race. Um, it's a little 20 minute clip of myself and him. And we kind of just give our thoughts and you know, there's a couple segments there, give our thoughts, grade the race, uh, just talk about overall the race in general. Uh, you can find that on Over the Line Sports, uh, you know, Twitter, Instagram, the Intermission Sports as well, as well as our YouTube. Um, so you can see my beautiful face and Sam's beautiful face and talk about some good old fashioned hardcore racing. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Fernando oh, Alonso yeah, for the crown. For the crown. Let's go. Most anticlimactic 100th podium of your career. <laughs> we won't talk about that. For real. Curtis? Uh, check out the podcast, check out our socials and check out the previews coming up for the MLB season. That's it for me. Crocs Tyler on Twitter, T underscore on Instagram. Go Jays. Check out the previews. I love you all. Chris Martin photography on Instagram. Go check it out. I live my life at least a hundred times. Never got it down right Played this song once or twice I've been trying to find my light Out of energy I'm stuck with the candlelight Buttoned up, pulled down, these buttons are too tight This candlelight isn't too bright Close my eyes and I lose my sight I just wanna say goodbye But I don't think I'm ready Damn, this way's too heavy Building the stars I'm landing Horse rides I'm riding Dreaming hard I'm
Just try. 